Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to BFI Network Podcast. I'm Matimba Kavalika, the talent coordinator and content editor of the site. At the network, we're into discovering, developing and funding new and emerging filmmakers. So we wanted to bring you up close and personal with people who hold the most influence and have the best understanding of just how the UK film industry works. The BFI Film Fund invests around £18 million a year in production of feature films. So I went down to the other end of the office to catch up with the boss, Ben Roberts, and find out just what that means for emerging filmmakers. It's a lovely morning, isn't it, It's a lovely morning. So your official title is Director of the Lottery Film Fund, is that right? It is. Sometimes the word lottery drops out. Okay, no, I I know, Director of the Lottery Film Fund. I I should know. that we use lottery money. (laughs) What can you see from your office? Um, I can see the BT Tower. Yeah. Actually, I can see the back of quite a few offices of producers. Ah, Okay who I sometimes think must look up and look in to see if we're in and look for the white smoke coming from the building to see if they're going to get funding. So just to set a bit of what we're going to talk about today, um, I am Matimba and I look after the network. Yeah, you do very emerging well. talent, thank you. Um, which is kind of why we're here today, to talk about funding for first features. Yeah. So I thought it would be a good idea to kind of pick your brain. How much in terms of lottery money is the Film Fund investing when it comes to first features in particular? So we, broadest level, we do in production terms around 25 films a year. We have about £18 million a year to spend on production. And of that, I'd say we probably do about eight first features. And all our funds are open, so they run all year round. You just apply into us. It's all done online. And we can make deci- we make decisions every week. But for first features, because we receive such a high volume, we decided that it would make more sense if we gathered those applications up and looked at them every quarter in a pile. So every quarter we're probably looking at somewhere between, I don't know, I lose track, maybe 40 40 to 50 applications that are coming in for a first feature. And of that, we are probably supporting at the very end of that process two or three per round the success rate is 
unfortunately low, which means that you really have to kind of stand out from the crowd. And am I? You don't. We don't fully finance where will filmmakers make up the rest of the. We don't fully finance, and actually, our investment in production varies. So it can be any. It's as a rule of thumb, it's anywhere between twenty-five percent of a budget, and it can exceed fifty percent of a budget. Generally, where the budgets are lower, and the filmmakers are less established our investment is higher because there is less available financing out there for filmmakers who are untested by the market. Instead, it's more likely to be a combination of various sort of public or semi-public funds. So as well as us, there are the nations and regions in terms of the funds they have. So depending on where the the filmmaking team is coming from. There are funds available in Wales, Ireland and Scotland, as well as um, Creative England's funds and a couple of smaller regional funds as well. Then there are the broadcasters, obviously. So there's the BBC and Film 4, who do some first feature production as well. And then, of course, there is the tax relief, which everyone is entitled to in the UK. And so uh, has it always been like this, or do you feel like things have changed, you know, in the last few years? What was it like, say, five years ago? What was the landscape like going into making the first feature? I don't think it's changed wildly. I think that, look, first first features are are, are a kind of experimental space. So there's lots of risk. It's always been an area that's relied very heavily on public money. What's happened in the last five to ten years, I guess, is that the marketplace overall has kind of got a little bit more crowded. There are more filmmakers just making a film, finding finance themselves and getting a film made. Costs of getting a film made have come down if you just want to make a film digitally and not necessarily finish it and deliver it technically. And then, of course, the question is, well, what happens to all those films? Yeah, well, kind of, that's my next question. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of variables going into making a first feature. So what does success look like? Is it box office? Is it festivals? Well, I think a lot of people who are making a a film just are making it because they want a lot of people to see it. They may have convinced some friends and family to give them some money. So success can be quite financial. So I would say to anyone who's thinking about what a successful first film for them looks like, I would not go into it expecting that it's going to be financially successful. Don't go into it on that basis because the chances are it won't, but that doesn't mean it's a failure. For us, I think success is much more about a film being able to serve as a strong demonstration of someone's unique abilities and talent to have a career in an industry that has some very high drop-off rates along the way. So films that are not entirely homogenous, films that are somewhat kind of distinctive and stand out from the crowd all kind of obvious things but it's harder 
you know, easier said than done. Yeah, well, you you mentioned that it's really hard to get theatrical releases, even for first features. So if you're not going to be making money and you're not going to be getting a wide theatrical release, how are you making your mark? How are you establishing yourself as a first-time filmmaker? Well, yeah, good question. I mean, lots of people won't. So that's important to acknowledge, I think. You know, lots of people won't. How do you make your mark? Well, you you try and get into a festival. There are some films that manage to find a life through an alternative distribution model that by hook or by crook kind of find their way onto an iTunes platform um, or similar and actually work better on a platform that has a broader audience. I think of films like Nina Forever, the Blaine Brothers film, Karadok's first film, The Machine, which was an incredible success on iTunes. And actually those kind of iTunes numbers, even though the theatrical success wasn't strong, those iTunes numbers were really his currency in terms of raising finance for his next film. I'm a little loath to really promote alternative distribution models as the way to go for everybody because it's easy to say you can do it but of course what you've got is a massive field of content which is not a word I like but it's very hard to just go out with your own film and put it out there onto a platform and find any kind of voice or profile so you know you kind of have to but you kind of have to listen to the market you have to listen to the festivals there are increasingly acquisitive platform buyers who are looking for content for online platforms so you know if someone comes to you with a, a, a you know a strong offer don't be a snob and take that opportunity to get to market if you've got an expert in their field who's saying they'll help you release your film, do your homework on them, but rely on experts because it's not easy to get your film out there yourself. Some people can do it, but marketing, distribution, contacts with press, journalists, the ability to screen a film, get it placed in the right kind of places so that it gets some kind of visibility you know I used to be a distributor so I know that there are kind of nuances to how you get your film in front of people and expertise can make a difference so find an find an ally it's always a good bit of advice so um in terms of Let's talk about on the up and up because we've been a bit. We have talked about the practicalities of stuff. Yeah. Eye features, microwave. Can you talk a bit about the opportunities that you see in those schemes? Yeah. Look, I think the the beauty of um, having some public money available for films is that the, there are less pressures on that money to make a return on itself. For a filmmaker try and capitalize on that opportunity to be a bit more daring in your approach but you know microwave is a london-based scheme there's a similar scheme that we support in wales called cinematic which is another very low budget scheme 
you don't have a lot of money to make your film through those schemes. You're talking about somewhere between 100 and 300,000 pounds. Eye Features has a little bit more money to invest, but not much more. So again, you're talking about projects that are achievable in terms of how many weeks you're going to shoot for, how many characters are you planning to kind of pull into your story. Part of the selection process for those schemes will be, do they excite that team? The way everything gets looked at is generally by a bunch of people who are very passionate about cinema, sitting around staring at pieces of paper. So, you know, really try and convince people who are going to be staring at a piece of paper that you can take a limited budget and turn it into something exceptional. And just to bring it back full circle to the fun, what is it that excites you as someone who's looking, you know, to support first-time filmmakers? What gets your pulse racing, so to speak? What gets my pulse racing? A genuine sense that we may have a film that we haven't seen before what would get us all leaping out our seats i think those projects which have slightly more kind of energized characteristics so if i think about films like these aren't all first features but i look to some of kind of the recent american independent cinema that i sort of go on and on about so films like Damien Chazelle's Whiplash and um, David Mitchell's It Follows, those films which are really, really smart, because we're always, we're a public fund and we're all slightly kind of, we think we're really refined, so we're always looking for an element of kind of intelligence in the work. You know, we want the writing to be strong, we want it to be sort of saying something interesting, slightly bigger than the story, if that makes sense. So for me, a film like It Follows, which is a horror film, but it's also about sexuality and it's also kind of geographically and socially about sort of a particular type of sort of urban decay and it's also referencing a a particular type of American horror cinema so you know it's layered those big kind of balloony thematics around your subject matter which which I think take quite a lot of maturity and insight from filmmakers to kind of get onto paper and what would you say about arguments that there's not enough transparency people i think sometimes feel that here are you and your team up on the fifth floor faceless bureaucrats faceless bureaucrats what would you what would you say to counteract that we're probably not i mean we're probably not transparent enough but i think we have issues around how available we are we're turning over a lot and we're turning most of it down and we kind of took a decision not to overshare because a it may seem disrespectful but i think it's actually having a certain level of respect for creative people that just because we don't necessarily support what they're doing it doesn't mean that it's not worth supporting i think we you know try to do a bit more in terms of making ourselves visible you can look you can definitely look us all up on the website some of us have got twitter accounts we tried to make ourselves available at events and stuff like that but it's quite a small it's actually quite a small team so i think we're limited in how much we can do but it was interesting when i was on this panel in berlin last week that catriel from israel you know my opposite number one of the israel film funds basically said that he moved himself off the equivalent of our fifth floor 
and into a shop on the street. A shoe shop. A shoe shop on the street. So people could walk in. People could walk in and um, just talk to him. Now, I'm not sure how some of our team would respond to that. Let's how about honest. you going to Costa for three months and having a, a permanent desk? I would happily do that. <laughs> I just won't say which Costa. It's like a treasure hunt. And if we find you, you can get the money. If you find me, you can get the money. Big thanks to Ben Roberts, producer Marie and the BFI Network team. The music you've heard was from Rory Dempsey. If you've enjoyed this podcast, there's loads more where this came from in the BFI Network site. We'd love to know what you thought about the podcast, so why not tweet us at BFI Network? Try again. I'm going to sneeze, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear you say sneeze. I thought you went, I'm going to say something, I'm really sorry. And I was like, oh my God, is it that bad? You should not be doing this. <laughs> you should rethink your career. 